0: Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CDH. I am one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzores, and today I am joined by my co hosts, Matt, aka Null. What's up? Reed, aka Sick Robot. How's y'all doing? And Morgan, aka Spleenface. How's it going? Uh, and in this episode, we are bringing, we're going to be covering cards that don't quite make the cut uh, or are fringe viable. Uh, and before we get into that, what have you guys been up to since the last episode?
1: Uh, binge watching the new season of Formula One: Drive to Survive. Good show. Ooh,
0: nice. Yeah i mean uh, along the uh the binge watching train i've been uh watching some of the new season three of castlevania on netflix oh dude this is news it's really good <laughs> yeah dude that that series is, is uh is sick so yeah i'm looking forward to to hopefully you know more seasons to come
2: well, I just finished my rewatch of Altered Carbon season one, and then Altered Carbon two or season two came out, and goddamn, am I disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> it does not live up to the thanks, hype. Thanks for saving all. me some time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 no.
2: Okay. If you haven't seen season one, it's like it's a it's a sci-fi masterpiece. It's awesome. Absolutely, watch it. But just remember that. It's based off a book, and there's no sequel to that book.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes. Hey, sense. I could
2: think of it. I could think of a TV show where
3: uh, they actually passed the books it was based on, and then the writing quality
2: immediately took a dive. Uh, does it start with game and end of <laughs> and end with Thrones? <laughs> and end with Thrones. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Okay. Uh is that is that is that all we've been doing since the last yeah, episode Just watching Netflix? Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean we've been jamming games, right? I think. Everybody. Everybody's been jamming. Some games
3: were jammed, yeah. yeah.
1: Games have been jammed. As always. I finally oh printed out a deck that isn't Oracle. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it still it still has an Oracle in it, but it's not <laughs> like old. <Gross. Hulk. laughs>
0: Well, without uh, further ado, let's jump into housekeeping. And as usual, our housekeeping is where we shout out our new patrons. Uh, so I would like to give a big shout out to Twice. Thank you, Mitch P. And to John T. Uh, <laughs> And as always, <laughs> you rock. <laughs> okay, moving on. We're not doing our spiel anymore. Uh, <laughs> new developments uh, is next. And uh, Morgan, you can cover this uh, this first topic on here.
3: Yeah, so we got uh, a nice update from the uh, metagame slash data reaper project from Squirrel Mob, And it's getting up to uh, almost 500 games now. And we're getting some uh, some real stats and some pretty interesting results. I believe the player going first is still maintaining something like a 35% win rate. It it has dipped down uh, though, yeah. It's, it's around. It's dipped like down 30. a little bit. Uh and then uh you know, Sushi Hulk is uh keeping keeping solid at a forty percent win rate, which is uh healthy. And uh yeah. It's uh there's lots of interesting stuff and he goes into some detail and we're starting to get to the point where you can actually do more multivariate analyses so this most recent one had uh like it looked at how the seating advantage changed over the course of a game um and if you're interested uh, we'll we'll make sure to link that and you can go and read it for yourself and uh submit your games if you want so they can be added to the to the pool
0: and next up on the new developments read you can get this one
1: uh, sure so new project started up recently um, discord server for i believe cataloging uh, just cdh and edh combos in general and i think their goal is to try to catalog like every combo that they can which is pretty nuts insane goal but yeah it's you know, very we'll, ambitious we'll, we'll cheer them on every five card combo in magic just everything every every single combo that you can fit into a 99 card deck um but yeah you should go check them out uh we'll we'll drop a discord link in the description
0: right on so now we can get into the main topic for the episode which is of course as i said uh cards that don't quite make the cut or are fringe viable and so what we've kind of divided these into uh what we've got here six categories. Um, so we've got cards that are too symmetrical. Combo pieces that need too many enablers. Cards that the meta is too ready to deal with. Combo pieces without good enough enablers. Commanders that need a combo piece. And cards where the cost is too high. So we'll be breaking that, breaking the terminology uh, down a bit more as we go through the categories. But let's kick things off with cards that are too symmetrical. Now, out of all of our categories, this is the smallest, uh, but containing it's, only th- two I th- cards. I think
1: it's got one of the most notorious cards in the format oh, on totally. it. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Uh,
0: so let's let's just cut to the chase here. The the, the first card we're talking about is hum- is humility, uh, and this is
1: <laughs> this is the card that every single stacks player coming into the format has tried to make work, and even even not stacks players have tried to make this work.
4: It's the yeah, card that
2: it, every uh, up and coming rules or just judge has to know how
1: it works. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too.
2: <laughs> <So>.
3: Layers.
1: <laughs> I know, God, yeah, the layers. So,
0: <laughs> does, does, have any of you guys done any uh, brewing with humility? Do you want to discuss? Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Why, why it belongs in this category and talk so, about it a bit? So, first of all, um,
1: just going over the reasons why you would want to play humility. To make it clear, um, every almost every commander deck has a creature in the command zone and is to some degree built around a creature. So <laughs> shutting off your opponent's creatures and by extension, their commanders is just like incredibly powerful and it shuts them off no matter what they do, right? Like triggered abilities, activated abilities. If they're like stat sticks, no matter what they do, you're stopping them from doing that thing, right? Oh, yeah, you sure? <laughs> like, you know, sorry, is, out is Rayhan too the, good? <laughs>
3: no, the first slimmer.
1: Oh, okay, right. That is, that is old, legitimately that can yep. through humility. Um, but yeah, like, you're basically, like, and also, like, Planeswalker Commanders, yes, yes, yes. yes but for the most part, like, but those are terrible. you're shutting off, like, first of all, like, yeah, like, all the creatures in, like, every green deck, every not green, just, like, anything that people are playing in the creature slot becomes... A uh, card that doesn't really exist, and then you're also like heavily impacting almost every like deck's main strategy as well by landing this card. <laughs> so like, there's this really big incentive to want to play with it, right, and to want to make it work. Um, issue being, <laughs> all almost every commander deck revolves to, yeah. around the <laughs> It's just there's just there's <clears throat> two there's there's not enough like, that you can do with Humility on the board to actually, like... I don't uh,
2: It's just... Uh. First well, you cast your the EGI, and then you let your opponents cast a lot of spells, you get it to about twenty twenty, and then you play your Humility. <laughs> there you go. Because I believe that even though um, it is a one with no abilities, it still casts as commander damage, right? It does, yep. yep. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, one of the things that's uh, that really is the death of humility is that it's just a card that while very strong and needs to be answered. It's not worth tutoring for, uh, well, I mean, okay, and sometimes it's worth tutoring for, but it's uh, not it's worth like compromising. It's not worth compromising your main uh, strategy and winning the game to look go look for humility.
1: Yeah, that, that's so, That's sort of the issue, right? It's like you just you for you
0: your own your own strategy, your your own proactive win, winning the game strategy uh, for something that merely hinders your opponents and doesn't actually advance you towards winning the game, while simultaneously limiting your. Uh, choices of cards that you can incorporate into your deck uh, just due to trying to build around humility and, and accommodate for it. So you you take a big loss just in deck building and then when you don't have humility in play, you're you're playing at a disadvantage. Um, and then to get it in play, you often have to spend a lot of resources doing so.
1: And also just like, you just like can't find it consistently enough, right? Like you could build yeah. like a, a six, like a humility deck in a 60 card format and like you can like fairly like reasonably consistently find a humility for the most part. And like, you can like potentially like do other stuff that synergizes fine with humility, but like, it's just so hard to find specific, like non combo piece cards in this format consistently enough to like build your entire deck around them. Especially cause there isn't really a good way to break
3: parity on it in the command zone, which means you also sort of need to find that.
1: Yeah, yeah like, at that point, yeah. if
3: you're finding two specific cards, want not just find two cards that win the game rather than.
1: But it's all uh it's, it's the card. You just you want to make it work so bad because as soon as you can break it open, it's just.
2: Honestly, double white is also not the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> well, yeah, it's also a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah the the one uh the one case where I thought like. Of building a like jank brew around humility and, and kind of do something like that was a uh a Loro turbo ad nauseum with like minor stacks elements in it, but I'm like, I just didn't have the heart to build that compared to like some of the other better Esper commanders you can build. It's like, it's, even, oh man,
1: even with the right? Esper commanders, like, oh, like a good yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even when <laughs> even when it got printed, um, like uh, when Jace got printed, I like. Toured around with making like a humility Zur consult list because you can win with Jason. It's not a creature and all that stuff, and even then it was still just like, God, this is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like I, yeah. I would much rather just be like getting a necrophones and doing that thing instead.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, next up on our list we have Hushbringer, and I know Morgan wants to talk a lot about this one. So yeah, you know, yeah, this four. was a
3: card that when it was spoiled. Um, you know, people, there was some buzz, you know, it shut down Hulk was obviously the primary use case, uh, and Dockside was still sort of fresh in people's minds. Uh, at the time, Fastest Oracle didn't exist, so it wasn't quite as appealing as it is now. Now it, you would, you know, this shuts down like almost every deck. Um, and what i found when trying to brew with it is that I'll put it in a deck and it doesn't even have to stop that many things. Like, maybe it's just three or four, but those four could be, like, really good effects. And then you sort of go, oh, well, you know, I don't want to have it in play if I have one of these in hand. And then it just doesn't really work out. Like, if you're in a deck without black and you want the tutors, you know, you might have, like, a Spellseeker or maybe an e in certain types of decks. And then, obviously, if you're in red, you want to be running Dockside, side. maybe you are on some sort of consult win so you're running oracle and then these considerations of like what you actually have to get out of what when you'll actually have to get it out of play yourself sort of start to add up and make it it's not impossible
2: to play the card but it's definitely awkward i do want to say though with specifically with dockside and hushbringer like you are reasonably equipped to get creatures out of play kind of as that is the basis of your combo like if you're running Baron or um Sabretooth, like you were kind of ready to play around your own decks, but Well, but then you're playing Baron or Sabretooth first and then yeah, activating it, it and then playing Darkside. Absolutely. Yeah. I suppose like that trade-off isn't worth the the downside.
0: Yeah, I think the main place for uh Hushbringer is I think lots of decks that that are running blue might not want to be running Hushbringer just in favor of more stack-based interaction because, you know, it's less specific. Uh, but the one place where Hushbringer really shines, I think is in non-blue, uh, Razaketh-based decks because you're not doing, uh, ETB stuff or the ETB stuff you are doing is like, uh, after you're, you've re-entered might doing, uh, eternal witness loops but at that point you can use Razaketh to sacrifice the hushbringer uh and then also you're just you don't have access to the blue cards to hate on those uh those other archetypes so hushbringer really shines in those cases but uh as outlined before just too symmetrical in a lot of the other cases um yeah and so uh, uh we can move on to the next section if uh unless anyone has anything else to say
1: So I think there are actually a couple more that fit into this category. Um,
0: Uh, Okay, okay, sure. Yeah. Um,
1: So, like, just uh, another one that's sort of, like, on the same level of humility, I think, which is, like, something that I've noticed a lot from people coming into the format from, like, 60-card formats try to make work a lot because just, like, the power of it is Chalice of the Void. Because, like, in any... Mm like 60-card format where it's legal, right? Like, Legacy and Modern. Like, Chalice is a house, right? Like, Chalice does a lot of work. Um, See it in, like, a lot of colorless decks, and it's like, oh, like, you just, like, don't run one-cost things, then you play Chalice, and you get the entire rest of the format. (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah. like, in, in CDH, it's so hard not to run one CMC cards <laughs> in, like, all the decks that you would want to be, like, running Chalice of the Ward in. And it's, like, it's this so sh- hard to justify not running the one-drop cards because you have a single Chalice of the Void in your deck, right? Because it's just, again, like, one of those things that's, like, so hard to find on its own that it's not worth, like, building your entire deck around it.
0: Yeah, a lot of the cards that you would even use to find Chalice of the Void, if you're trying to get it out, are one drop So you know, you <laughs> yeah. got your Vampire t- for- Tutor, your Imperial Tutor, your Enlightened Tutor. Yeah. Um. Someone makes sense. Uh. Anything else? Or
3: yeah. Um. Just just quickly wanted to touch on uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth. Just to hate on you know Timnas and Ristic Studies and Thrasios and all of that, but you also typically need to draw cards if you're gonna you're going to win a game and uh, there just aren't a, there are not a lot of commanders in white that are okay not drawing God, cards it just, it or just, like getting around it somehow it just
1: needs like a bob in the command zone right like you just need like a Phyrexian arena effect or just like something to put cards directly into your hand but they just don't really exist yeah, yeah. not in white at least no not at all um, okay. okay I think well, it needed to be a 3-1 on, oh. <laughs> or probably not, a
2: a 1-3 <laughs> just, that one helps. You a block lot. Timna. Uh, right, no. <laughs> Shut it down. But you on don't so need many to block him. No, no, no. Yeah, no it but you get to the yeah.
1: block Timna so that if they do the line of swinging to you with Timna, oh, you don't block. Great, kill the thing. Kill the spirit of the labyrinth with the Timna trigger on the stack. Getcha. Draw my card. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, uh, <laughs> next up, our next category is combo pieces that need too many enablers. Uh, so another fairly short, uh, fairly short uh, list here. Uh, I'll kick things off, and that's with the uh, bonus round. So personally, I've not built any bonus round decks, but uh, every time I've seen one piloted, I've definitely appreciated it. Uh, and that's because uh, <laughs> they generally do require the deck to be quite specific in terms of running lots of rituals, cantrips, and I mean tutors. But tutors are you know something that you're going to be running anyway, so. Uh, Yeah, Morgan, I know you've done... You, you you know, suffered through Stormcast for long enough with bonus rounds, so you can... Hey, it's still in the deck. (laughs) You can Um, talk about it, yeah.
3: Yeah, like, it's just... You either need, like, a little bit too much mana to go off with it or just a few too many cards in hand, because if you go, like, you know, bonus round tutor, then, like, it can be pretty awkward. You know, you get mana with one tutor, but then the other tutor needs to Find, you know, some other tutor and like you just need, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm doing, am I doing High Tide? Am I doing Frantic Search? um And then you just kind of realize that in order to enable it, you wind up, you know, Dark Petition. You wind up with this package of like eight or nine cards that aren't like terrible on their own in a Storm deck. But you're going like, this is definitely more than I want to be running when I could just do... Passes Oracle and consult <laughs> Oh
2: god. <laughs> Why <laughs> are we gonna go even one episode of that Magsting passes Oracle? Never know Zero
1: percent chance.
0: Yeah. Pour one out pour one out for another wincon destroyed by Thoracle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next up on the list of cards destroyed by Thoracle. Uh, sure. <laughs> <this is, laughs> sure. Sure, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> Matt, you can get this one. Yeah, this
2: is uh, Birthing Pod and Vanifar. Um, and so I guess Birthing Pod type effects. Um. So I think most Birthing Pod combos need at least upwards of like eight cards. Uh, not all of which are particularly ideal for... You know late game type strategies or early game type strategies but are specifically just to enable the combo um and also in the case of birthing pot you're shut down by both curse totem and null rod pretty effectively uh and i guess so this cage for good measure and cage for good yeah <laughs> exactly and, and you can probably speak better to vanifar and the command zone but in the 99 um uh you know it for for, for one thing it doesn't have haste but uh it certainly needs um its fair share of kind of just dead cards
1: and like yeah oh god it's like and the issue is like the cards that it needs don't like perfectly overlap with the cards that yes wants in the 99 so like you're you're in this weird place where like you like there's a bit of overlap and you want to be playing them all together but like you also have to be playing like cards that are dedicated to each of them and actually, that even kind of applies to Birthing Pod and Vanifar. Like, you don't really want
2: to be running Felidar Guardian with Vanifar. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Like just laughs>
1: uh, yeah, it's just, oh, uh, it's just rough.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we can, I think there's not too much else to be said for, for Birthing Pod or Vanifar. I mean, theoretically, they could print some... You know, thing that wins almost on the spot without reco- like just drastically reduces the number of uh, slots required in deck um, and just makes this one card, you know, win condition package, even though it's a bit mana intensive and susceptible to hate, just worthwhile, uh, like a more fair version of what Thoracle did to Hulk. But, you know, until that <laughs> happens,
1: it's <laughs> <that's> just like <laughs> the most nondescript, like description yeah. of what you need to do oh man it needs a. Well, strong, I mean, it's something strong in the command uh, zone
3: the problem is you kind of need an effect you need like a useful effect that helps you win the game stapled to an untap effect which like i feel like they're not gonna do
1: yeah like untap effects are just like so it's so much to ask for for them to be like stapled to like a useful effect Considering just like yeah. how much damage they can do in a standard environment, uh, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you want to play it. Yeah. You want to play Vanna the ninety-nine because it's sick.
2: <laughs> pro- tool, probably not likely that so cool. uh, they're fun decks to play. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, pro- probably not worth. Pro- probably not. I wouldn't hold my breath for Watsy to print something that that you know makes Birthing Pod uh, strong enough to to be you know in the top tier of CDH uh, post Thorical, but. I don't know, man. Some of you blood plot players out there who are still <laughs> holding on for some reason. Master <laughs> <Groucher> Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for you. Uh uh yeah, next up on our list is Aluren. Um this is like the I classic
1: know, combo version of like the thing right the humility problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's over sort of like on the uh, flip al- side of the coin. A lot of a lot of CDH decks um and you can you can kind of trace this trend backwards have been like adaptions of uh legacy decks uh in the past so you're looking at you know a learn combo legacy like oh man i can run all those cards in commander and you know i can do all these like recruiter chains and oh i'm gonna be it's gonna be so cool (laughs) (laughs) and then you realize like oh wait um that's not super easy to assemble outright and that's gonna combo and that's gonna sort of result in a lot of uh pieces in my deck that are just going to be kind of trash cards when you're when you're comboing in legacy in a 60 card deck when you can run four copies of these cards you know what and and, and that's the sole purpose of your deck is just that combo it's all right it, 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 you can get away with it but in commander when you need you know your learn and then your recruiters and your cavern harpies and all this all these trash cards. Yep. Recruiter, <laughs>
3: recruiter isn't one out of every
1: eight cards in your
0: deck. Yeah. It's one it's, out of a hundred or two yeah. out of a hundred
3: if you're in the right colors for it.
1: Yeah. Um, and that and those and colors then, are Naya. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that pretty much puts you on non-blue or non-black, which is like really devastating. I mean, or you could be on you could be in five color,
1: but five color alone, baby.
0: <laughs> Kendriff, let's go. That's definitely
1: not a meme that's been fucking going for years at this point.
0: Yeah, I I think what would really need for a learn to be uh viable is <laughs> like some sort of commander. Yeah. <laughs> commander probably that 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 can uh take advantage of it or or do something uh, you in, see with a that. five color recruiter
1: in the command zone that can bounce itself so that it can get itself back into your hand <laughs> so you can use it again <laughs> i mean even if 11. it was
3: just a regular recruiter
1: yeah i guess so, it would like a, go get a cavern harpy sure but yeah usually you might
3: have to get something blue
1: first oh god <laughs> yeah. is, even so i feel it it's good enough yeah
0: but yeah, it, it's gonna do what, what lots of uh, other cards have done in the past, which is turn some niche commander into, you know, be that special combo card that combos with that particular commander and add a little the sprinkle bu- of diversity onto the format. It's all also- uh, the problem is through that method. They know,
3: like I think Alurin is a card that's present enough oh, in yeah. the design team's mind that like they're not gonna print something that just breaks a it's
1: definitely, It's definitely like okay, uh this is this is a pretty broken effect like in development. Oh, this is a pretty broken effect when you can repeatedly use it. Like, let's go check. what Oh, right. learn exists. OK, we probably have to tune this down a bit.
0: <laughs> so unless does anyone else have anything to say about learn I feel like I feel like it's there's not a whole lot to say. Well, there, but... it also
1: suffers just as a quick point. It also like just suffers when people are playing Gilded Drakes in their decks. <laughs>
0: Because <laughs> like,
1: yeah, you yeah. try to, you just you you try to do your thing. You're, oh my god, I get a flash in this cavern harpy, a flash in this other thing, and then in response, your opponent flashes it and gilded drake for no mana and takes your combo or piece. If, dude, I've always yeah, wished or, Hushbringer or had it, flash. Oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> I've always wished Hushbringer had flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say also like if someone's able to stop your combo, like they. You resolve the Aluren, and then, you know, you go to cast your next spell. They get to, you know, nature's claim it or something, or uh, trophy it. They also just get to dump their Thrasus Intimidate into play. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs> for free. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely got some problems there. Uh, just just before we move on to the next category, out of these three, and that is bonus round, Birthing Pod, Aluren... What do you think is like the the closest to viable still, even though, you know, we're I, I, think, that, like, uh, we're I bonus think bonus round.
1: round is like solidly yeah. right there. Like bonus round I think like, it's
2: it's not even unviable. Like it like I think it is kind of I think it's like I think there's an opinion like you can be sub, it's subjective. I don't know. I think it is pretty like much
1: I, I think like it's it is a flex slot, but I think it's like definitely good enough to make ninety nines. Right. Well, I think I think
3: bonus round is the most generically viable, but Aluren like actually has the commanders, like that make it work. Sure, a it's lot just better. like the
1: closest to like actually breaking into like mass viability. I mean, well, Ooh, sorry, no, I, don't think Aluren, I don't
3: think Aluren is likely to be. I think bonus round is more likely to be mass viable or viable in you know a substantial number of decks. But currently, Aluren is more playable because there's one or two commanders that it actually synergizes. Yeah, oh, sure very effectively
0: right on i i'm also kind of on the uh the bonus round uh train myself um in terms of just card the card the existing card pool and what the meta looks like right now i think bonus round of the three is the closest to what i would say is is viable but obviously okay. i do agree with with morgan that learn is is uh is right up there as well um so next up uh we've got cards that the meta is too ready to deal with um so <laughs> who, who wants to explain this category because yeah uh okay so there's, these are
2: cards that um are pretty much are not they become too easily like unaffected because there's just a high chance of your opponents having the answer but by themselves, you know, in a in a in a vacuum, they're extremely strong cards. So the first on this list is Nix Bloom Ancient. This card literally triples the mana that you produce. Uh, we know that there's like you can easily abuse mana with things like Thrasios already in your command zone. But besides that, you know, having um, extra mana on your combat turn is certainly not um, something something to. Uh, I guess devalue.
0: But next bloom ancient in competitive. This is this. This screams to me is the ultimate Timmy card. What are you what are you even saying? <laughs> it's like it's super easy to cheat in the play. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's, got, easy to, uh, it's easy to reanimate. It's it's easy. You can natural order it. Uh I guess those are pretty much the primary avenues. <laughs> yeah. Natural <laughs> order as like a ritual into next bloom.
0: Yeah, pretty sweet. Uh Next up, unless more people have stuff to say about Nyx Bloom, uh, which I think they're—it's pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, we've got Defense of uh, the Heart. This is one I've wanted. To be, I've wanted to play this card sick. for so long. Defense of the Heart is uh, sick. It's just—it's
1: just too—it's uh, just too, <laughs> too obvious—is the issue, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just, uh. yeah. And much, there's not like a concise two card win that
3: doesn't have another condition. Like if you're doing Oracle Spellseeker, then you have to resolve your,
1: well, your they, yeah, console. But, but you can play Oracle Leveler. <laughs>
3: sure, but then you're playing the Leveler. <laughs> what is this pioneer, man? Come on. <laughs>
1: dude, dude, actually actually just play Oracle Inverter in <laughs> a defense deck. Get dude, there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Defense of the Heart is 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 sick. Um definitely a card that You know, if people are slacking on, you know, removal for whatever reason, everyone's running consults, so they all switch to stack-based removal, and there's no, uh, they're they're cutting back on their nature's claims and stuff. Maybe it's also just like you can get away with defense of the heart.
1: The issue with it though is that like, uh, like it's it's always the person that it's going to trigger on is always going to be the dorks player, and what happens is the dorks player just like, all right. Go to attacks, swing everything at the person with blockers, (laughs) trade off my entire board to stop you from resolving this. (laughs) I count that as a win in my book.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not terrible.
2: Maybe it just needs a really strong, like, green Vidalcan Ori commander or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just drop it into play for free. Right at the end step. Oh, dude. Oh, um, my God. Dude, you played in an Academy Rector deck and then you flash in an Academy Rector on somebody's end step. <laughs> oh, there you hard go. to play. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: Oh, uh, that's that's next level, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then on your upkeep, you get Protein Hulk and uh, Vistress. Yep. Easy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> this is the category of that's cards you can't done. play yeah. ever. <laughs> um,. Okay, so last last on our list that of uh, cards that the meta is too are to deal with, and that's Yawgmoth. Um, yeah, Yawgmoth, Rand Physician, uh, out of the command zone. Uh, Morgan, you did you put this on the list? I did. Okay. Guilty. Uh, see the <laughs> give, problem is, is the, the the problem the is
3: is that first of all you're in mono black, which means all your mana comes from artifacts, and then you have to activate a creature to do the thing, and then also all your combos involve something going to the graveyard and then coming back into play. So you just lose to like literally everything and also rule of laws and like torpor orbs often for good measure. Um, And like, it's just, it's very obvious what you're trying to do and very easy to shut down with one of many commonly occurring hate pieces.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty succinct summary of uh, what makes Yawgmoth, you know, just, just on the edge um
2: oh wait we had brea somewhere but i i I think it falls in this category i don't know how it got off our list it's just like once again a card that like literally every single stacks piece and or removal piece can deal with (laughs) to quote to quote raygon Play a
3: random stacks piece, then ask Brea how she
2: feels. <laughs> but on paper, it's like
0: an infinite mana outlet. It's
2: got great abilities, that, you know, it's it's removal, it's value, and then it's like, oh well. Yeah. yeah. Don't
0: let the shady car salesman, you know, upsell you on Brea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta look look under the hood. Look under the hood. Um, okay, so our next category is combo pieces without enough. Without good enough enablers, uh, yeah. so we can we can kind of hammer through. We've got a, a few cards on this list, so we can hammer through got it pretty couple, quickly yeah. because they're, they're, it's not not too hard to see where these things go. So first up, uh, we've got Bone Miser, uh, which is the I guess it's just, reverse it's the reverse waist, waist knot. knot. Yeah, on legs. Yeah, it's just like it's, so. It like and
1: I okay okay. I'm gonna get this out there. I know there are people that are gonna get angry at us for putting this on this list. Because they're gonna be like, no, we solved it. We we already fixed. We already did the bone miser thing. We made it work." <laughs> and of course, they're referring like the, to shadow bag stuff. Um,
0: the closest deck that makes bone miser work is, uh, or where we would fit naturally is in Gitrog, just because you're already running a bunch of discard outlets, uh, and then you get like sweet stuff like life from the loam, and uh, you get that bone and miser dredging cult
1: off of. Not only lands, but also non-creature spells.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and just even then, it's It's like honestly, the
1: card needs like some like some non-creature spell that can like get itself back or something, or just like enable like a Gitrog esque end step sculpt, right? Where like if you like you discard it and it's like oh like madness, get something else back and like keep the train going.
0: <laughs> just like well, i mean i mean it it kind of does that with uh, life from the loam it, right you discard it life from the loam that, You generate yeah. the draw trigger it dredges itself but um, it's
1: really that like that's like milling your deck
0: <laughs> exactly like you just spin your like wheels just, for yeah, a lot like of it, and you have to
1: you do like end step mill your library and it's like and you don't have the like the card draw trigger generating that GitRog does off of stuff just hitting the bin. You have to be discarding <laughs> Which, it. So like
0: when you if you go through the trouble to assemble GitRog, you so you you arrive at that conclusion, you're like, man, actually Bone Miser would work if I also just had GitRog in play. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize you've assembled GitRoG with discard outlet. <laughs> It's just this random five CMC card that's like, why am I not? Why have I not just devoted this as like a random tutor to find Dakmore? Or better yet, you know, you can skip the discard outlet and Bone Miser and just run Under Realm Lich and win that way with Under Realm Lich and Gitrog. So, you know, we don't run Under Realm Lich and Gitrog. So, you know, clearly, clearly Bone Miser is, you know, just a, a step down there. So, probably a certain commander or, uh, or, or a particular card like Reed was saying away from being uh playable. Is playable too harsh? I feel, I feel, I feel right like now? it's it's a combo card, like it's a
1: like very reasonable combo card, just like waiting in the wings for something, right? Like it's very it very obviously has some power there, but there's like not like the pieces just don't line up just right yet. But I feel like yeah. they have the potential to in the future.
0: Okay, next up uh, we have Bolus' Citadel. Uh, Matt, you can get this one. Sure. uh,
2: Bolus' Citadel, um, you know, undoubtedly a really strong card for Storm. um, But, you know, the one thing that you don't want to see is a land on top of your library. And I guess Bolus' Citadel um, (laughs) has a hard time dealing with that problem. uh, And generally, like, I guess what it needs is something that can help it from the command zone. And I suppose that Sir Sirku demure is not the solution
0: to that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. it's, it, it definitely has that problem. And then also you kind of want to be able to, you know, use, use your life effectively. Or if people are, are, you know, hammering away at your life total. Is there some way that you can gain it back and kind of use this to storm through your deck, or are you just using it almost kind of like an ad nauseum? It's it's got like a niche that it yeah. If you have a way to clear the land from top of your library, then it is like an ad nauseum that cheats. Mana, it's, it's much which is better insane. than an ad nauseum. Uh, yeah, if
2: you can deal with the land problem, because at that point it's just about having the density of uh, life gain versus you know uh, draw or you know versus uh cantrips or whatever it is uh mm-hmm. tutors
0: yeah definitely definitely a uh a card that i i feel like is just it's gonna get it's gonna get broken one day like it's and it's, it's like, not it's, it's an
1: artifact it's so you close. can cheat it out fairly easily yeah
2: it's just like yeah yeah that being said too like Sirku is a strong enabler for bolsa citadel but um is not that strong in, in the current metagame
1: so and it also like game shift circuit is close but like so he's so circuit can solve the single land on the top of your library issue but he still doesn't solve like the double land on top of your library issue very well which is also an issue yeah certainly
0: yeah yeah unless you're playing like hard circuit like top deck control with like you're you basically like the lantern control in modern you're running like Pyxis of Pandemonium and uh, uh, Codex Shredder (laughs) and all that that garbage. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's pretty good for both Citadel. Uh, Reed, do you want to cover uh, Mystic Sanctuary? Yes, I
1: do. Thanks for asking. <laughs>
0: God damn it. Okay, I know
1: everybody and their mother has been like working on Mystic Sanctuary decks. I don't think there's been enough like thought and work put into them. Honestly, Dude,
0: this was my this was my New Year's prediction was that Mystic Sanctuary it's was just, it's so uh, like, underexplored and it's gonna get it's gonna like, see more okay, uh, more play. Okay,
1: like maybe maybe it doesn't have the piece yet. And I, I I might be willing to accept that, but I also think that like okay, it's like a combination of like not having enough obvious things to be doing with it, like aside from like turns, and like also just people like not putting in the work to make it happen. I don't know. Like why one, one thing to say uh, with Mystic Sanctuary in my mind is like there there aren't enough
2: decks that just run that card for value. I think that's true. <laughs> I, I do think that's like, true. I think if you've ever had three islands in play in any game you've played,
1: like, that's already enough. (laughs) (laughs) If you've historically, in any single one of your games that you've ever played, you've ever had three islands in play. It's just, yeah, you should just be playing Mystic Sanctuary. That's already good enough.
0: (laughs) I'm a firm believer in this card. I think this card has potential to become you know whether it's through the printing of a commander or uh, a particular card that's just you know makes it easier to assemble i think this card has the potential to uh really become a top tier you know or a top tier alt win con or fringe win con it's hard it's hard to say that you know uh win con is going to come close to to uh to Especially when they're like
1: bet. other, like there, are, there are decks using it as a like semi win con already. But like, I think yeah, there's like uh, there's got to be something that will just like really, really like abuse Mystic Sanctuary as a card, dude.
2: If Rashmi had Kefnet's ability,
1: boom,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just get it. Uh,
0: yeah. So I feel like yeah, Mystic Sanctuary not quite there yet, but. Out of maybe any of the cards that we're going to mention uh, in this episode at all, I think this one I have the highest hopes for.
3: Well, yeah, because you also just you don't need to dedicate nearly as much to it as you do some of these other ones. Like you can just kind of jam it in and put in like the one like you're using it to recur a spell that's usually good anyways. Yeah, so it's,
0: it's a free slot in the sense that it's a land. So you know when a combo piece is a land, you you generally count that as a free slot or like a half slot if the land is like a tap land or you know a bad effect uh, like Dakmor Salvage, right? Hard to count that as an actual land and get rug, but you know Mystic Sanctuary, it's fetchable. You know yeah. you've got four <laughs> other copies of it in the form of your fetch lands. Uh, it has good generic utility it's an island like cool oh, it's just man it's so so, inc-
2: so good it's incidental value is like probably the highest among the cards on this this list
0: yeah uh morgan you can get the next one and that's going to be cadaverous bloom um uh,
3: sure yeah so it's uh five mana enchantment lets you exile cars from your hand for two mana uh, which just means you know if you have say training grounds no thoracios you can sort of loot quasi loot through your whole deck Um, but it's a 5 mana enchantment and it's hard to consistently have sort of the value you need to sustain the chain and it also only makes black or green mana which additionally makes it harder to sustain the chain because you can't make blue to cast cantrips or like your wheels or things like that Um, so you kind of have to find your mana enablers along the way as well uh, I know Reed's played around with this card. Do you have anything? Did I miss anything? Um, no. Or like, do you want to really. s- talk about what kind of card you think realistically could be printed that would enable it? Yeah, I mean, like
1: anything. Like if if there's like pretty much just like anything that's um like Thrasios in the way that it puts a card in your hand, but like okay. Like the thing that would be printed that would make this card good or like playable or like a combo piece would be like a card that gets printed, probably commander that like you pay two mana or one mana, but like two mana and put any like card in your hand, right? Like, even if even if it was getting like super super low value, like just like put a land. From your deck in your hand, like a basic land or something like that. Like that's already probably good enough, I think, for this. Where like you're just like just like getting any card, even if it's just super low quality things, just anything for two mana in like green black, I think probably makes Cadaver's Bloom like a very real card.
0: If you were if you were doing that, all you're doing is you're excelling all the lands from your library and ending with plus two mana.
1: But like that I, was the card that was printed. I still feel like that's sort of fine. Five I don't mana
0: exile all the lands from your library. Isn't that a blue card? And it's yes. like mana difference. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's <laughs> two mana. It's It's two mana. It's also, I, I it's also think, like
1: uh, it's like this enormous like post-nas engine as well. Like it's uh, yeah. I don't know.
0: Oh yeah. There's, there's
1: something. There's there's another way to fix it. Like
2: I I think if you already have. Uh, if you've already cast your ad nauseum, you already have plenty of cards in your hand to win the game. So Cadaverous Bloom is just overkill, and and if you have too few cards, then you run out of gas way too quickly. So it needs it needs like a an, an easier way than ad nauseum to get about like I don't know like six cards into your hand. I think what's probably more realistic is a commander that very
3: efficiently lets you return cards from your graveyard to your hand or something like that, where you can sort of churn, yeah. like you fill your graveyard and then it's like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe it's the commander has an ability that's something like you discard your hand and replace it with your graveyard or like exile your hand and replace it with your graveyard. Or like so you just exile your hand to make mana anyways, and then pull a bunch of cards out of your graveyard and get to
2: keep going. A, sim- a like Simic that. commander yeah. that ETBs and gives you like five random cards from your graveyard, for instance, like. <laughs> Seasons fast as a
1: commander, <laughs> but like actually untar like you just you just get five random cards. I don't know. Just yeah, just like anything that like gives you a mass quantity of low quality cards, right? Or like random Which, yeah. cards or whatever. Like I think is a really like would make Cadaverous Bloom like a playable thing.
4: Hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, next up on our list, we have Carnival of Souls. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, that's uh, an enchantment for one in a black that reads whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you lose one life and add black mana to your mana pool. Uh, so notably, this triggers off your opponent's casting creatures and when they're, they're creatures into the battlefield, so you'll be chipping away at your life total. But, you know, <laughs> the fact that you're you're netting a black mana off a creature ETB is... Uh, you know, not, 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 not so bad. Yeah, um, it's not just
2: a cost reducer. Uh, like, it, it also gives you colored mana.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's so close to being like an elf storm card. <laughs> it's pretty good in Yawgmoth. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's, it's just, it's. <laughs> I think the issue with it is like it's in a color that doesn't necessarily want like do creature things inherently so you need another color to do it with and like it adds a color that's not particularly useful for doing like creature shenanigans and also the enchantment card type makes it like fairly inaccessible but it's just so close
2: it's two mana it's so so
1: easy to get down but like finding it and doing other things like getting the other things that go along with it is like the hard part right
0: it's a card that you don't think of a shell no shell immediately comes to mind when you think of it right now but you can very easily see how a card could be printed down the line that all of a sudden makes it a card. or. A and I'm sure
1: yeah. I'm sure EDH players have been saying that since the inception of the format, considering Carnival of Souls has been out since 1999. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just um, just got hope. past the 20th anniversary of this card not being broken yet. <laughs>
0: Next up, Matt, we've got a uh, trifecta of cards here, and that's going to be Brought Back, uh, Second Sunrise, and Face Reward. The
2: Breakfast Combo. <laughs> Sorry, that was just. I'm just. I don't know. That wasn't worth it. But anyways, uh, these cards um, are. Take advantage of um, a pretty easy effect to uh, accomplish, which is get cards in your graveyard, um, and they. Are extremely powerful because the more you put in your grave or the more you can you know get into your graveyard in the turn um the more effective they get uh and i guess like uh, the traditional enablers for these cards are like our eggs so um artifacts that sack to draw or sack to do abilities um land fetch lands um and for i guess in the case of
0: i guess all of them. Is, yeah yeah like brought uh, back is the easiest one because it's like Two CMC and it can f- reasonably fit as like on a, on a ramp curve right so that if you're using it as a combo piece um and then you're let's say you go turn one fetch land turn two fetch land turn three double crack brought back like that's pretty yeah. nice that it has that other utility can confirm um, it
2: feels really good yeah that that's a that's
3: sick um
0: wait Morgan what do you run brought back in I have now taken it
3: out but it was in cats for a while
0: okay yeah so i I run brought back in my uh Fenza list um and i do like Razaketh, led LED ewit EWIT loops uh, with brought back which is pretty nice so yeah they're they're super strong in
2: the sense that they can bring like all these like these powerful cards back but um when it comes to like comboing with these cards um you either need too many cards or individual or your deck kind of gets littered with like low quality cards like I don't know, like Codex Shredder or something.
0: Okay, now, I have something to say about these cards, because, you know, I'm is going to tie into one of the cards we mentioned previously. (laughs) Um, I was brewing around, like, a mid-power sort of, like, eggs deck with, uh, you know, either I was going to do Silas and Bruce or Silas and Siddhar. um, And the idea was going to be using, like, the second Sunrise face reward uh, comboing with eggs, but... I sort of realized that a good direction to take it would be uh, using Mystic Sanctuary to return the card to the top of your library. And then you can like crack an egg to return it back. And you're if you're netting mana or netting uh, draws, you know, keep going that way. Uh, So if you're using, um, if you're using like a sacrifice, like land sacrifice effects, so Sylvan Safekeeper, uh, Squandered Resources, Zurin Orb. If you want to be really cheap with an artifact, or you do Greater Gargadon, you can uh, pretty easily sacrifice all your lands if you've got your three uh, your three islands. Uh, cast your second Sunrise, get all that back, net your mana, put that back on top, and then if you've got uh, no, if you've got your uh, oh god, what what are they calling them? The Horizon Lands. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the, definitely If you've got like Horizon Lands. lands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can you can crack all yeah, those my redraw favorite the set modern <laughs> canopy <laughs> yeah so i think there's i think there is unexplored room there um you know especially for stuff like uh let's say blue white like you're just in pure azorius uh mystic sanctuary being pretty easy to find off your fetch lands uh and then artifacts in the form of uh uh, God, uh, Zoran Orb uh, being fairly easy to tutor and same with uh, instance and Sorceries there might be some room if you're looking for something in Pier Azorius, like let's say a Grand Arbiter, where you've, you've traditionally struggled to find a good win con. maybe this is something worth looking into uh, but yeah, I think there's, there's room to be explored and I'm excited to uh, see what people come up with
3: I think this, and like this is something that's true of a lot of the cards we've discussed so far, particularly the ones that sort of come from 60 card formats. It's one of those cards where you have like you have it as a combo piece and then the rest of your deck just has like a super high density of combo pieces that are sort of individually fine on their own. And maybe don't like one of them plus it isn't the combo. You just have a bunch of some effect Um, you know, this is also true of a Lurin, uh, where like you just have a bunch of things that let you dig or keep going or, you know, the recruiters that let you tutor. Um, and then the deck sort of works, but you can do that because if there are four or five cards that enable it, you can run four of each of those in a 60 card deck. Whereas here you can run one of each of those in a hundred card deck. So you have quick math, like one a little less than one-sixth the density, and then that just kind of makes it fall apart a little bit. Like, you wind up having to tutor
0: for the pieces that combo yeah. with Second Sunrise,
3: rather than just like, oh, I'll just always have three of them, because that's how the deck works.
0: Well, one of the, the things I was doing with my initial Second Sunrise face reward stuff was, I was jamming uh, lots of, like, sacrifice, self-sacrifice lands, so you've got your, like, Crystal Vein. um... I think there's like archaeological dig or something like that. Yeah, the that one sacrifices. that you can stack it for any color. Yeah, um I was also doing uh, strip mine and wasteland to <laughs> sacrifice
3: <laughs> No come wow. on, the real secret That's... is Ghost Quarter.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: Ghost Quarter, Ghost Quarter is definitely sweet. Um but yeah I was running like Strip mine wasteland, ghost quarter, all all that sort of sacrifice lands, all that jazz, and, and the horizon lands as well. Uh and then And trying to enable Mystic Sanctuary. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Ooh, sweats, man. That's yeah, yikes. Um yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the struggle when you're trying to do something like that. Uh yeah, it it's it's hard to imagine hard to imagine finding the right balance between, you know, not having to find something like a Zurin or a Borosak outlet, uh, while also trying to, you know, not run a bunch of crap cards. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Breath of Fury. Uh, and, uh, Reed, you can cover this one. It's just like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> so close. <laughs> in, ca- in case people do, cause most of these cards that we've been mentioning are are fairly uh, Common. Where we've given a, a, a brief description. What is Breath of Fury? Okay, do? because yeah. I feel like this is one that's a bit more obscure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so Breath of Fury is a two red red enchantment aura. Enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice it and attach Breath of Fury to a creature you control. If you do, untap all creatures you control, and after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. So like, the intended use for it is like you just like, go through combat sacrificing a creature every time until you don't have any more creatures left. But, like, all it needs is just something that generates, like, hasty tokens every time you swing.
0: Girid <laughs> <Geared> was so <laughs> close. Girid's so close. So He's close. So, yeah. Just, like, the, just
1: the tokens need haste. That's all it needs to do, and there just isn't any commander that does that. And the issue that I have with this, too, is that, like, because it's in red and because it's an aura, auras are super accessible by white, like more so than like any other card type except for equipments, right? Like you can you can find yeah, you, you got open armory yeah. and like you, you, you can know. find auras fairly like fairly easily compared to like the other stuff that white can typically find, which is like typically you have like one enchantment or one tutor for artifacts and enchantments, which is an e-tutor. And then you have like a Dillic Tutor and that's it. And the rest are like equipment and aura tutors. It's just like, it's so close. (laughs) And it just, it just needs like a Naya-ish commander or like a red, green or something commander that generates hasty tokens every time it swings.
2: (laughs) I mean, like if one player doesn't have any blockers and you are, and you're, and you're on Najila, like this is definitely not bad. And you already have a couple tokens in play. Yeah,
1: it's just like <laughs>
3: And you have the mana to activate once. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the endorsement
1: as the worst of the Nigel of Wincons is not a glowing one, I'll admit. But <laughs> but yeah, uh I don't know. It's just it's something that I'm just stuck on because the card reads like it should do something and it just doesn't do it yet. <laughs> yeah. Was
3: it who was it who I was working on the red-white boonweaver? Meme with? That, that was with me. Oh no!
2: Yeah, <laughs> it almost gets there. I don't even remember all the the requirements, but I think there's like a, a like a a hundred. I think, it, I think it was just,
3: you needed to give the first one haste, and you needed one other
2: creature in play, and that was it. But yeah, it's not too, oh, no! And and your opponents don't need can't have blockers like <laughs> or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, no, Just one of your. You have to be able to connect like a few times, and then you can
2: find evasion. The worst of the Najeela enablers, they call it.
0: Okay. Well, our next category, our second from last, is going to be commanders that need a combo piece. Uh, And honestly, this list could be... We've got two two commanders on this list, but this list could be much, much longer, because it seems that one of the trends that, that Wizards has is just, you know, printing some card that all of a sudden breaks an old commander wide open uh you know so it it could it could really happen in places that we just don't expect but these are the ones where we've got like we we think a reasonable could be printed uh fairly fairly soon and and become you know more meta players uh first up uh morgan i'll let you cover this since this is your uh this is your baby. How we got got uh,
3: Yeah, we do. Um, Marisil's got, I mean, there's the, currently has the Mirror, or sorry, Mirror Mad Phantasm combo, but that's just like a little too slot intensive and risky and, you know, Dread Return combos are often telegraphed and you're not in the colors to have dorks in play for Dread Return. Um, but just, if you could instant speed, or if you could Uh, fast flicker rather than slow flicker Marisol for like a reasonable cost, then it would just become so much easier to win off of something like an intuition or like buried alive where you could actually get the combo pieces under Marisol in like a reasonable amount of time rather than like, Oh, activate it and then wait till the end step and then wait till the next end step and then like the combo probably only works on your turn anyways and then it just doesn't quite get there but it's so close and there's like so many value pieces that you can uh, actually dude,
0: run a substantial value package that does meaningful stuff i would love to see a cdh Marisil I mean as I hate facing that card against against that deck in mid power uh, cuz it's just got such high inevitability and it's you so love hard it. to interact with I mean it, you love it <laughs> And it always exiles all my lands with Shaoku, and oh god. Hey, Shaoku doesn't exile lands. Sorry, it creatures, and then you've got the other one that destroys lands. Mm-hmm. Minion of Lushrak. <laughs> or steals my stuff with, uh... Menarch. Menarch. Menarch and I can't deal oh. with it. It does everything. <laughs> I didn't um, see... <laughs> the, the first time somebody got
3: angry at me for playing Maersil... Was literally the day the deck came out. <laughs> I went, I bought the precon, I jammed in like the few cards that fit in it from the Urtai deck I had on me at the time. And then in the first game I ever played, managed to uh, use Aetherling and assemble Thousand Year Elixir, uh, Thousand Year Elixir, lo- uh, Gilded Lotus, and then. I forget, I had some way of like flickering it or like sacrificing it and getting it back. And then I went infinite, and then they were very, oh, it was a Deadeye Navigator. And then I went infinite, and someone was like, wow, that deck's like super not fun. I was like,
2: Sorry. it was probably- he just threw like 10 <laughs> cards in a pre con. <laughs> you don't even know, you don't Oops. even know its final form yet. Dude, I didn't quite grasp the definition
0: of winning more until I played
2: against it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but yeah, Mar- Marisil, I think, would be one of the few decks that could be piloted as like a true kind of control deck in CEDH, which, you know, people love to say, oh, this deck is control, blah, blah, blah. You know, most decks that you think are control are not control, they're just... You know, like tempo tempo combo decks, things <laughs> like that. Activating
3: Nev's Disc every turn. Now that's control.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah, um, Marisol would be super interesting. Uh, next up, though, uh, we've got Tygam, And Taigam, uh sorry, there's actually two Tigams. Uh, there's Tygam <laughs> oh, <my> the <to> DC <laughs> Hand and Tygam right? <laughs> Ujutai Master. But only so. one of them needs a combo
3: piece because the yeah, other one's Tygam
0: Ujutai Master. Um, so, you know, uh actually recently, uh we probably should have mentioned this in uh new developments, but friend of the show, uh Tim, uh posted on the subreddit his updated Tigam list uh, because the up until this point, like Xerox Tigam was the uh which was like the current deck list database list had been around and had been updated in like two years. So he's like, Oh, uh, this is a deck you know, I'm going to be interested in playing, so I'm going to give it a little update. Uh, so he, he went and, and tried adding some of the new cards since then and, and new technologies and philosophies, and it didn't change a whole bunch, but definitely, uh, the aid of Mystic Sanctuary gave it a, a some better, I guess, regrowth effects. Uh, since before that, they were running, um, like the three mana sorcery speed regrows for uh turn spells <laughs> relearn, mm. yeah. <laughs> there are some, and there's some that are like only sorceries, which obviously is not great if you're just trying to like regrow uh counter spells for value, and then some put just back on top of the library. So, not not great, but uh, with the uh, with, with Mystic Sanctuary, which one well, you know, pretty accessible, you get to cast your turn spell, get two turns off the rebound with Tygam, then you put your Mystic Sanctuary into play and then you get, you know, another two turns. So just off that value alone is pretty sick. But then it also enables um I think it's is it called Tragic Lesson from Reed you were talking the popper?
1: Yes. Tra- tra- tragic like Lesson from Hour of Devastation? Yep. Or not? Sorry, yeah. uh, no, no, no. Sorry, Ammon
0: Cat, Ammon Cat, right? cat. yeah. No, no, hour. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, hour. So,
4: <laughs> hour of devastation. Sorry, is it hour? Hour? Oh, okay. What is it? So, hour
0: of devastation. Okay, there we go. We got that sorted. <laughs> but uh, tragic lesson basically uh, allows you to. It, it's well, a for, it's an three instant, mana Draws instant. you two cards. Yeah. Return a land to well, your no, no, hand. Sorry, so it's, it's
1: three. It's three mana blue instant. Draw two cards then either discard a card or return a land you control to your hand yeah
0: Yeah. so obviously with uh this it allows you uh, unlike the previous relearn combos uh sorry yeah like relearn is one of the sorcery speed regrowths you would have to eventually have enough mana to cast a turn spell and uh relearn in the same turn uh so that's obviously very mana intensive. Now, tragic lesson plus mystic sanctuary allows you to uh, split that cost, but it it does come at the the cost of it's only that one card, the one just tragic lesson and mystic sanctuary that that's cheapening it. So, tie game still for the most part. If you want to have a good density of you know turn spells and and regrowth effects, you need to run a lot of the worst ones. So, I don't think it's you know, out of the woods yet and into viability. But honestly, if if Tygam gets more stuff printed for it that fits that that mold and, and makes the combo more efficient, the fact that it makes all your instant sorcery spells uncountable and has sick value off like rebounding stuff. God damn, that's a lot of potential, dude. And it blocks Timna. it's <laughs> <laughs> yes, very importantly, blocks Timna. Uh, but yeah, Tygam is one that's so once its potential is fully unlocked, it's gonna be something else. Just a force to be reckoned with, having all a control deck with uncounterable counterspells, and their co- their combo cards are themselves uncounterable. Yeah, it's it's that's gonna be interesting for sure. Do you guys have anything to say on Tygam? I think you summed it up pretty Seems well. Seems like a <laughs> pretty <laughs>
3: yeah, okay. comprehensive description. Imagine yeah. if he was Esper though.
0: <laughs> oh god, I would, don't we, you know? Dude, I, would rather, <laughs> I feel like I'd rather ban too much. I don't know. Anyways. Um, yeah, and so our final category is cards where the cost is too high. So this can be both mana cost and deck building cost. Uh so first on this list we have Oath of Druids. Uh we should just like so, yeah, it's just <laughs> reach uh. or you, you 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 go for it
1: is you just want to play it <laughs> it's a card that's like it's broken in vintage it's banned in legacy there's gotta be there's gotta be something going on with it right <laughs> but yeah it's called grizzle brand <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's yeah. just like you right you can't you can't get grizzle brand off of it and also you're being forced into playing this like creature basically like no creature deck aside from whatever you're getting with it but you're playing a no creature deck in green which is so rough because like you're in green you want to be on all the dorks and everything but it just it's stopping you from doing that it's just yeah and and also like if you think about
3: it what's the card that like you'd most want to cheat out if it was like, oh, you're just gonna cheat a creature from your deck into play consistently, what would be like the card that you'd want to cheat out that's legal in the format? Yeah, and, and, and the, the answer would be card ra- that would Razzica. be like, yeah.
1: exactly, and, yeah. and, uh, which uh, and or awkward and or Protean Hulk, <laughs> which like <laughs> <laughs> Protean Hulk <laughs> also, yeah, awkward. also awkward, <laughs> <laughs> like, none of the things that you're getting with it feel great to get unless you're getting like specifically like I don't like a Genkataxis, in which case it's just like. Okay, like, this isn't worth it. This is not worth the deck building constriction as a whole. Yeah, like, I think the closest thing to
3: just generically winning is is Tidespout Tyrant, but, like,
1: yes. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> about that. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. speaking of, of Oath of Druid-like effects and heading into Tidespout Tyrant and whatnot, uh, this is going to lead well into our next two cards, uh, which are Proteus staff and divergent transformations, which I think we can kind of talk about in the same breath. <laughs> as just Oath like, of I Druid. guess like
1: just polymorph strategies in general and ra- uh, reality scramble. yeah like reality scramble all yeah. that stuff so I think reality scramble potentially is a bit different just because of planeswalker commanders that's my opinion but I think for the the problem is that they yeah. suck <laughs> yes yeah. oh. paying, paying like 4 mana plus a com- uh, your commander's cost for an ugin still isn't good in this format <laughs> um but like at least at least Divergent wants you to play the Thrasios and Oath of Druids
2: doesn't want you to play the Thrasios. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I had, I
0: had a, uh, a not not a competitive, but like a more mid to high power uh, Will and Rowan deck built around the idea that you would reality scramble Will for his minus and just stack the minuses by scrambling him back in. <laughs> yeah. It's like and it's, it's, like it's almost a fairy. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're 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 it's costing you some mana every time but eventually your reality scrambles get a bit cheaper and then I don't know, you're storming off doing stuff. I think that's
3: probably the closest like you wouldn't you wouldn't want to use his, his minus more than once. You'd command zone him, but then you could have like cough and then some way of drawing the lands. Dude, we'll get there.
0: No, but can't Reality Scramble send... Uh... Hold on, let me... No, but me I don't think
3: it. you want to Reality Scramble <laughs> yeah. back into Will. I think you would rather... You can then go back and forth with Koth to make mana to pay for it. Yeah, oh, yeah, fair, fair. something that gets you the lands in hand somehow.
1: Or, or... In theory. Or what you do <laughs> is you just get Dude, I've been down this road. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. Uh, oh, man, what's
0: the one? Okay, well, we, you we just got like you just, you just re-scramble, I don't know. <laughs> All right, brewing episode, yeah, let's pretty go. Much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the end of this episode, oh my god, Will and Kenneth new meta. But yeah, so Proteus Staff, Divergent, Reality Scramble, Oath of Druids. Uh, these kinds of decks, or uh, these kinds of cards that require your deck to have, you know, zero or very few creatures. Uh, definitely, definitely a hindrance uh, when you're running, you know, more than... One or two colors, and those one or two colors, especially if they're green, uh, definitely definitely want your uh, to be able to have access to dorks in order to fully take advantage of the colors yeah. you're in. Now, things like Urza uh, with uh, you know Polytide or you can use uh, yeah polymorph your your construct into Tide Spout. Um, same with Proteus Staff and Proteus Staff, you know, fairly accessible with all of your artifact tutors. That. You know that that kind of makes sense you forgo uh some of the great blue cards and you know your spell seekers and your tutoring effects on your what is it, like trinket mage and all those uh, i mean you also yeah that, you also
1: miss like uh, spell skite and a couple of other like cards that you yeah, want to be you playing miss some but, stuff yeah. but
0: it does not hurt nearly as bad as playing to cut those cards and yeah. not playing dorks
1: <laughs>
0: exactly yeah. um yeah, I think that's pretty clear what the, the cost for is uh is with those. Maybe also the fact that they're mana cost. Um, you know, Prote Staff, Polymorph Divergent. Not like if, if they were much cheaper, uh, and they found something that was like an instant speed win con. Oh, dude, um,
1: okay. Here's the, here's the meta. Here's the meta. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> you convince okay. everybody in your playgroup to try out six-person EDH games. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, well, okay. it couldn't be yeah. that bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a bit longer, <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll test it out, whatever. And then you play Divergent as a two-mana speed win. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and
3: it's, like, still not even as good <laughs> as Flash. Still, yeah, like, still hell, not as good as Flash. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah I mean... it's still it's still good (laughs) it's it's probably better than Flash trademark (laughs) if if they
0: print if they print more cards in this sort of vein that are cheaper or they print better you know payoffs that you can get into then maybe maybe they'll start uh, seeing more play Um, but until then you know the cheapest effect being oath of druids requiring a full turn cycle to go around and not get removed and also giving your opponents a chance to flip into creatures oh god just imagine imagine they print something that's worth uh building an oath of druids deck around two and then becomes like a reasonably high tier deck the mirror matches like oh god <laughs> yeah, how sus-
3: how suspicious would you be though if someone started pushing really
1: hard for six player games <laughs> you, have to, you have to do it in like you have to do it in a way that doesn't arouse suspicion somehow <laughs>
0: Yeah. So so that's the oh, I just these really sick of cards. 3DH I guess we'll yeah, just gu- can guys, we just can we just, can we just combine
1: on. these three-person pods? <laughs> let's
0: move on to the final cards on our list. Uh, and those that all in our show notes is just listed as Lich Lich which and Lich which is also missing,
1: so, <laughs> missing Lich, but you know.
0: The, okay. The, the fourth lich is
3: a
1: different. The fourth not the But the fourth, the same. But the fourth lich is Someone the sickest lich. Someone explain what's going on
2: here. <laughs> uh, I'll take the reins on this one. So of course we're talking about lich, nefarious lich, and lich's mastery, and no other. <laughs> and lich's and, mirror. Thank uh, you very much. You know the, the the cost on these cards is definitely uh, comes from all aspects of them. So they um, lich and nefarious lich both cost four black mana. Uh, and lich's mastery uh, is three black man and three, so like actually getting, actually casting these spells is is challenging. Um, and if um, things go wrong, uh, in pretty much all circumstances, you lose the game or you have no more permanents, uh, which is you know, <laughs> which yeah. which which you know doomsday players are certainly familiar with the you know the high stakes you know the high stakes uh, combo. But um, lich the the cards. Um, Themselves all share this one the same ability, which is when you gain life you draw that many cards and uh, Gaining life is probably the most cheaply costed Sorry gaining life is probably the most cheaply costed ability or just yeah, I guess ability in bulk that you'll find in magic so translating those uh, Cards into those yeah those cards into many more cards is certainly appealing Turns your um, healing salve into ancestral
0: recall. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes it does. Dude.
0: Uh, Good old classic uh pull pull some like neo brand Grishal brand shenanigans get your uh your nourishing shoal exile a uh uh a talkthon Oh yeah and just
1: keep
3: it going <laughs> did, did any of you did any of you ever play uh rainbow lich
0: no. in standard in standard yeah I did that was a sweet deck it was definitely <laughs> sweet <laughs> um yeah so uh, matt outlined it pretty clearly like there's clearly potential here but as it stands it's it hasn't you know i mean doomsday has already fallen out of favor and doomsday is much easier to set up and get payoff from than the lich cards so it would take quite a lot for the liches to become uh you know worth playing but the strength in in just the raw power of the card is clearly there, so probably a good commander is is what's what's missing. It, it needs an you know, oath of maybe... druids for enchantments. That's what it needs. <laughs> <laughs> needs a uh, a commander that is just, uh, just nourishing need... <laughs> shoal on a stick. It just needs sure, just... but four. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that wraps it up for our main topic of the show. And we're going to be moving on to everyone's favorite segment. Gut check. Gut yeah, check. <laughs> what well, we've all oh, been God, waiting
2: for. Gut check. <laughs> Raise your hand okay. you fast forwarded.
0: <laughs> so this week's gut check is going to be how many CEDH decks proxies or no proxies do you have built in paper? And then follow up to that, what is the cap on how many decks you would have built at the same time before you disassemble one to build another?
2: Yeah, Alright, all right, I've got my answer.
0: <laughs> Morgan, you got yours? No, I'm just <laughs> you going to count. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> Yeah, this is why I thought this would be an interesting question. Right, and as a second gut check, okay, uh, uh,
2: how many color printers do you have in your household? <laughs>
0: yeah, does yeah. uh, your work charge you for? Yeah, color how pre- many yeah. printers do you have? Access? They don't, and they have a very nice printer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's 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 start off. Reed, what about you? How many CDH decks do you own? Proxies and no proxies. Current- so, do you have any fully unproxied decks?
1: Uh, I have no fully unproxied decks. Um, because I'm poor. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, uh, have, student you, student budget, all that good stuff. Um,
0: what's what's the most? Uh, like what's the ratio? Do you know like, percentage decks?
1: Oh, uh, percentage. Um, I think I'm at 20 proxies in my main deck right now. Yeah. Okay. Actually, nice. no. Actually, any... I think it's less than that because I think. Oracle being printed meant I got to put more real cards into my deck. Um, yeah.
0: nice. um and then you have you have so that one deck that's 80% yes. complete and, and then, then, then everything
1: else is, is that it? fully proxied. Um I have one other deck sleeved up right now, and I have a lot of decks sitting outside of sleeves on tables. <laughs>
0: Okay, just just to clarify, I'm counting only okay, sleeve two. decks. Like you could two. grab this deck and without making like a ton of swap arounds or anything no, no, like that. No, I, I mean, no, no Like uh, I mean,
1: there are decks that I could pick up and play, just they wouldn't have sleeves on them. <laughs> they're they're okay. they're sitting well, I, basically fully constructed, <laughs> just not in sleeves.
0: Okay, and then what's the cap on how many decks you'd have built in paper at the same uh, time before you start disassembling how many them?
1: deck boxes do I have? um (laughs) probably what like five right now potentially more if i shuffle some cards around
0: (laughs) so yeah you'd go you'd go up to five
1: what yeah wait so you're saying you could build five
2: cdh decks right now in paper what no or did i miss a box them them? Oh, I thought, oh my no, God! for some no, reason no. I thought what you meant was an actual card, like an actual no, card. No, 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 it's more like, it's how, you, how much paper like,
1: are you rolling down
0: you sitting could print around and oh, okay, yeah. in boxes. I was like, I could probably do
2: max two <laughs> oh.
1: fully featured decks yeah, no, I could, in actual cardboard. Yeah, card I, I,
0: yeah I so just, could, just yeah. I'll, I'll answer next. I think next I could deck to, box uh, five decks right now
1: without shuffling cards around, but I could probably get up to like ten in deck boxes if I wanted to.
0: Okay, so I have uh, one fully unproxied deck, uh, and so, yeah, just completed in paper, and that's Gitrog, and then I have two other decks that are in, you know, semi-state between proxies and uh, real cards, because they share, you know, fetch land and stuff between decks and tutors, overlapping colors, uh, so that's Anafenza and Zer. So I have three completed CDH decks built in paper. Um, including proxies. and then the cap on how many decks it have built at the same time would be four because I use uh, uh, the Ultra Pro boulders and then like the archive, which holds four boulders for 100 card decks. So <laughs> it would be just non-esthetic to exceed that amount. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would max build four. But also like I, I think that's a good number for CDH decks for me personally. Uh, All right. Matt, do you want to go next before yeah. we go? I'm a quick one. Morgan, so, uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. I have um, one almost fully unproxy deck. I'm just missing a Gaias Cradle, uh, but I'm not even sure if I'm going to pull the trigger on that one. Uh, and I have no other proxy decks. <laughs> I don't really. I, I like to keep it simple. Um, I, I can store three decks in my. Uh, pathetic little messenger bag that conveniently fits just my laptop and pretty much nothing else except for three decks. (laughs) (laughs) So I I have a capacity of three and and I certainly have plenty of spare sleeves to do that. And I do actually have access to a printer as much as I hate to use it to print magic cards.
0: (laughs) So, so you would, you, you would cap it at three, you're not, you would, because it seems like your cap is at one, though, right? Because you, you only ever really build one deck and then have uh, it. Yeah, well... You just kind of deconstruct it, then reconstruct a different I've, deck. I've been thinking about
2: having two decks, at the very least. And, you know Maybe that's a slippery slope to three decks. I don't know how it works. You guys can tell me. Uh, Dude, the
0: first, the first hit is free, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I'm just afraid Morgan, someone's going to catch you? me at work printing magic cards. You saved the most outrageous for last. Uh, so I have...
3: Uh Razakat's more or less fully built in paper. I own all the cards for it. I just have to put in like my life death that's somewhere in a box that I have to pull out. Um and then uh I have Proxied out, I have Kess, Sushi Hulk, Hullen, the First Sliver, Moldrotha, Um, Kikar, Korvold. And then a Kenrith deck that I decided to stop playing when I built Sushi Hulk. Uh, And then I have Vanifar in two piles because I was trying to paper it out for Um, a total of... Wait, I'm forgetting something. Oh, and a (laughs) proxied uh, for a total of 12. Um, And I could build most of... Like, I could build most of those I could build completely with cards I own if I pulled them out of other decks um some of them i'm still missing like a couple random uh meme cards
0: that i haven't bought yet so much like me you could build like pretty much any of your decks to be fully unproxied but because you want to have multiple decks ready you just yeah keep the proxies. I, I, like
3: and i'd be the stuff i'd be missing from decks is not like oh i don't have the dual land or the whatever it'd be like oh i'm missing like that random tech creature in Vanifar, like, oh, I don't own like a Sakashima or whatever.
1: As opposed what? to, like, you I tell don't own you don't a Royal Sakashima. God, I do not know. Which is unreasonably expensive.
3: <laughs> and my cap is uh, the limit does not exist. <laughs> no, um, I think I'm. I wouldn't go much above where I am now because. I don't even carry around all my decks at once, as is. Like, I basically... I think sometimes I've taken nine, because I have eight that kind of live in my two archives, and then I'll want to bring something else, so I'll throw it in another box. But uh, that's kind of... I would never carry around more than that, so... And, like, I just can't play that many decks, so... Fair enough. And some of the ones I'm counting here are ones that I don't play, I just haven't disassembled yet. Because it's easier to buy more sleeves and print out new stuff then unsleeve and resleeve.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at into the North pod via our email into the North at gmail.com or on our discord server. The invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the, quality of the podcast if you too would like to become a patreon we are patreon.com slash into the north podcast thank you as always to the band vox cadre for our lovely podcast music to nate slubber for our equally lovely podcast logo and to our long-suffering podcast editor roadkill next episode will be out in two weeks until then see ya bye bye have a good